0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And KT. And we're back with another episode. Thank you guys for checking out our last one about AOC. It's been really making rounds. If you ain't checked that out, make sure you do. Um, Today, we're going to talk about uh, an interesting article that I found in the Washington Post about how black people, black Americans, are significantly more charitable than their white counterparts. And uh, I thought this was an interesting article because, you know, there's always this been this myth that black people don't tip, white people give more to charities, yada, yada, yada. I'm just going to read a quick quote about it, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. So, according to the Washington Post... White families have the highest level of median family wealth, $188,200, compared with the black families' median wealth of $24,100, according to the 2019 Federal Reserve. When it comes to charity, though, between 2010 and 2016, white Philanthropy remained consistent at 2% of their median wealth. Black families, by contrast, contributed 6% of their median wealth to charity in 2010. That rate jumped up to 11% in 2013 and dropped back to 8% in 2016. Jeez. So, so
1: what is that? Can you condense that for us and basically tell us what that means, or what does? So, I was say? just saying,
0: white people have obviously astronomically more money mm. than uh, black people. About, I mean, we can do the math. Um, but black people give more and have less. And I think this really goes back to the main thing, which is that. Uh, there's race plays a factor but also just as far as class goes right. poor people in general working class people tend to give more to uh charities and in their own way whether it be the church whether it be uh, direct a direct organization yeah. a little uh you know like a food drive or car wash whatever more than their white counterparts and we can we can uh, attest to that Well, not personally but I know my um, cousin, during the, s- the summer, she worked for a driving service that delivered groceries. And she said that she would go to these million-dollar houses in the white folks' neighborhood. And that she would deliver, like, hundreds of dollars' worth of groceries. And they would give her, like, a 2 to $5 tip. And she'd Jeez. be like, what? Like, she got to the point where she hated going there. But then when she went to the predominantly black neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. like, she got $10, $20 a lot of the times. But, okay, so so why do you think that is? Like, from the class part, and I think I'll talk about the race part.
1: Yeah, so from the class part, I think it's because we as uh, poor people we basically we know the struggle right so we know how hard it is to be working at a, a a 40 hour a week job having to do the like the most for for the bare minimum amount of pay right so even for little things like you know people at Kroger who are delivering your groceries to your car if you do a pickup or something like that uh even though it's not required to tip a lot of poor people uh, and people like me, we we always try to provide, you
0: know, some extra funds or like a tip to people. Okay, so you think it just comes from uh, just a, a knowledge of empathy of uh the predicament that they're in
1: yeah of course I mean uh we also we're we're service workers right so we are also the people who are working at Kroger we're also the people that are taking care of and and delivering groceries and stuff like that so um definitely I think it, it comes from a a sense of empathy that we know what's happening and we know the experiences that people are having to experience uh in the service industry and so we just feel like it 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 only it only works the world only works if you're helping other people out, so I think that's why we do it
0: right and I think if we're going like further like into the the race thing, but which also of course intersects with the class thing, right. I remember when I was a teenager, and we used to have to fundraise to go to camp every summer, and one year we decided to go out in the streets and, you know, hold signs and pretty much say, Donate for us to go to camp. So, at first, they were like, Well, let's go to the white neighborhoods with all the money because that's where we're going to get all the the money. You know, they stayed out there for hours, got barely nothing. Nothing. Mm. And it, it was to go to a Christian camp, help us go, you know, uh, learn about Jesus. Uh, the next uh, weekend they went to like the, the the heart of the city, the hood. They get so much they were overflowing in the buckets with money. Wow. Multiple buckets just filled with dollars and people were so excited, they said, you know, to see young people doing something positive to them. So there it was it's a communal aspect as well because mm-hmm. when you think about it, with most white people They are fully integrated into the American way of life, which is individualistic. How many white people seeing some black kids saying they want to go to a camp is going to think about, oh, well, this would be good for Memphis as a whole to see black kids doing it. No, they're like, that's not my business. Uh, Some of them may think it's good, but majority be like, I don't care nothing about that. But would or there, you know what? I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm sure there are some people
1: uh within that realm that have thought, Oh, these kids are trying to scam us. Yeah. Because that's how they are. That's how racism plays, that's how white rich people are. They're they're probably thinking, Oh, these kids, they're not really going to a church camp. They're trying to scam us. And so another thing too I wanna kinda ask you is because I read that article, and we'll make sure to drop it in the link below so that you guys can read it as well. But there was a little bit of a part in there about the church. Was Is there something like, you know, black people contribute more to the church than white people do? And yeah.
0: why is that, do you think, yourself, from coming from a church perspective? Because, again, for black people, the church is more than just a place to talk about God, a place to worship Jesus. The church is a community. The church is family, Mm -hmm. which for a lot of people, white folks in church, I'm sure it's like that as well, but definitely so for black people in the black church, because that is a place where you can be free and be black. And, you know, you ain't got to worry about the white folks and and uh, code switching or whatever. You can just enjoy yourself or whatever. So it, it plays a bigger, significant part. So because people are invested in that, they're going to be more likely to give in, in order to see that establishment continue to thrive. And, um, you know, it, it all plays a part into that communal uh the affinity for community and and wanting to be around like-minded people and you know just your love for black people and just and and I mean we we dog churches all the time. We dog the televangelists and stuff like that. But Every church ain't like that. And a lot of these black churches are doing stuff for the community. So in those instances, it's like, well, if I give to the pastor or whatever, they'll be able to distribute the funds and help with whatever they got going on with the youth or whatever. So, yeah.
1: I'm trying to think, like, even for myself, like, I think this this conversation kind of uh decides for us or, or kind of puts us into the thought of why we say uh direct action is so 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 important to us. It's because literally with without each other we're nothing, okay? Mm-hmm. Without each other, without me, without uh Gabby, without you who's listening, we we are nothing. Uh, and really, direct action is the only way that we're going to be able to, to get anything done in this community. We can't be We can't be individualistic, you know, we got to be a community and we've got to have things where it's all of us together. If I get a cookie, you're going to get a cookie. If Gabby gets a cookie, I'm going to get a cookie and then you'll get a cookie. We all got to be in this together. And so I guess this is kind of uh, my way to say, like, if you are out in the pandemic right now and you have the extra funds, if you are a leftist who has extra funds, if you're a conservative listening to this and you have extra funds provided there is always something going on on the internet where people are crowdsourcing their health care people are crowdsourcing uh their rent people are crowdsourcing everything so i definitely think i mean we even have uh your friend sam, yeah. sam who we put on our uh at talk it out podcast on twitter re- or no not twitter but instagram recently so, if you guys do have extra funds, definitely go and provide some info, or some funds to them because they
0: definitely need it. They're a black queer person. So, uh yeah. Okay. And back to the direct action. Again, what is direct action? Direct action is like actively doing something to help your community. Um uh, so because those those are two important and integral parts of it. Like we we love the Black Panther Party. Most aspects, not all of it, not the misogyny, not the homophobia, and all that stuff. But we do love the aspects of they were all about educating the people, organizing the people, but also providing direct action to address their material needs right now. Right. It's, the it's material need is now. that they are, people are hungry. Material need is people need clothing, people need housing all that stuff. So they did the best they could to provide that for people so that people can be in a better place to actually learn that information and actually give a crap about it. Because, I mean, we got folks getting evicted right now. But there was just somebody in Memphis that got evicted mm-hmm. in the cold yeah. uh, today. And what's the use of me over there trying to pass out some mal some pamphlets and some communist pamphlets if folks ain't got no house? So... Definitely, we got to put our money together and and help each other, and also stop being so snobby. Because here's the thing about it (laughs)
1: what you mean, people are snobby?
0: Because I'm like leftists, okay? You get all these people, I'm a real communist, I'm a real socialist, whatever, and they'll clown neoliberal like pastors or whatever, or organizers, whatever. And it's like these some of these neoliberal organizers. They politics may not be all the way there, but dang it, they getting folks coats, they making sure people have food, they trying to provide people with services so they'll have, keep their lights on. Like, at least they doing something. Yeah. These folks, watching them, they over here just talking stuff every day, but it's like, are you actually helping to address the material needs of people in your hood that that here's the thing that people like Vosh who who comes from
1: money um he, he never has to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? He, this isn't things that he has to worry about or that he has to even think about from day to day. He doesn't have to think about, oh, well, uh, you know, my friends, whoever his friends may be, they need, they need money. And he's always talking about, you know, these more popular YouTubers or these more popular people that he's friends with. And they don't need money. They don't need money like people like poor people out here on the street
0: or or just regular regular people like us. All right, we're going to switch it up. Uh, We're going to talk about something different. We're going to talk about Mike Tyson. So last night I saw this incredible video by this new up and coming YouTuber named FD Signifier, S-I-G-N-I-F-I-R-E. He made an almost one hour long just breakdown of Mike Tyson and, and uh, toxic masculinity and racism and capitalism pretty much. And, and it was just great um, on Mike Tyson. So go check that out. But one of the topics that he brought up was, um, we know Mike Tyson was convicted of rape. We know he allegedly Uh, abused his wife, Robin Givens. We know he just has a history of abuse, abusing people um, and using people and just being a hard criminal, which a lot had to do with, obviously, his upbringing and his traumas. But I think an important question is, Um, You know, Mike Tyson has had a rebranding as of late in this past decade. And um, he has a a podcast called Hot Boxing that I thoroughly enjoy because I definitely wasn't expecting that coming from him. He he seems to be very introspective and seems like he's been going to therapy and and is really trying to, uh, you know, move past from what he was. But the question becomes... Do people like that, who have caused so much harm to people and committed crimes and rape and stuff like that, do they deserve a second chance in the limelight in show business? Um, What do you think, KT?
1: Oh. Uh, I mean, I don't really know much about Mike Tyson. I mean, I know a little bit just based on what I see on media or whatever, but I ain't done no research. I haven't watched that video. But do I think people uh, who are rapists, who are sex, uh, sexual offenders, things like that, murderers, do I think they deserve a second chance as society? Uh, I don't think that's up for us to determine. Um I'm I'm very much pro what does the victim want? So if the victim that he hurt, the people that he harmed, if they think, okay, well, I totally am okay with that. I'm okay with him having a second chance, then yeah, definitely I'm pro that. But it's not I don't think it's up to me to determine whether or not someone deserves a second chance whenever he didn't harm me. And I really personally I don't really think it it should be a conversation that people who were not harmed should be having. It should be a mediator, the victim, and then someone, or I'm sorry, the survivor and the the person who was, uh, you know, uh, being the victim. The no, what's it called? Being the abuser. I can't even talk. But yeah, that's um. Yeah, I don't think it's our place. What do you think, Annie?
0: I think it's not our place, but ultimately it becomes our decision. You know? Why? Because Mike Tyson, if he shows up, if he posts a video, it's our decision to click on a video. It's our decision to watch the movie, to listen to the, the podcast. So, I mean, ultimately, the people decide. So what what
1: you're saying is, because you you gave him some props at the beginning of this little conversation. So, So what you're saying is, is that you have accepted Mike Tyson and you have now decided yourself. That he is no longer an abuser and you're going to give him a second chance. I
0: never said that, but you said it's up to us. It's up to the. It's people, up right? to us to decide if we're going if we're going to give the guy money to entertain again. I mean, you're watching if he it it wasn't too. making money. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I watched it because of the boozy thing at first because it was such a when they said Mike Tyson was talking about boozy was talking to boozy confronted boozy on Zia Wade. I was like, what? It caught me off guard that the guy would like be so introspective. It, if if anything, it's more like a. It's just very interesting. No. Like, See, I don't this- know. No, no. Let me explain. Okay. Because I didn't grow up. I'm. I was born in '93. By the time I was growing up, uh, Mike Tyson was already like on his way down in his career. Um. So I don't know about all that, but I did did know that he was a violent man or whatever. And so just watching that first episode in that podcast, it was very interesting just talking about him talking about how he was feeling at those times and how he was such a threat to people because he hated himself and he had low self-esteem. So it, if more anything, it's more like a glimpse into the mind of somebody who truly just, didn't give a f and and just to see the transformation of somebody who literally was emotionless for half of their life and now is like crying over grown man um whatever like ultimately but that's all it's about
1: here's my thing do you feel like you're giving him a second chance because because he's a man or he's a masculine presenting person for you because i feel like and this may just be me and I'm calling you out, but I feel like if this was a black woman who was on YouTube, who was giving all of this information, who was saying all this stuff, you would be a lot harder on her. I really do feel like you would, because you don't you don't watch black women on YouTube. You barely watch anybody but men on YouTube. Period. But so have I ever been hard on a black woman? I'm just saying, I feel like you would not, I'm not necessarily saying hard, hard, but I'm saying like, I don't feel like it would be the same introspective type stuff that you're talking about.
0: Because how many black women have been accused of rape and, in uh, well, physical not, abuse not, in the industry? No, I'm but I'm about. saying it's comparing apples to oranges. If there was somebody, a black woman in, uh, America that had just been a monster and then she came back and was like, I had to change the place. This was why I was doing this. I had to learn this, then the third, this, then the third. I think it would've been interesting. I think I would've do,
1: do you think you would have said, Oh, well, that's really introspective of that person.
0: Yeah, if that kind of be but but oh, okay. thank God there ain't too many black women that's doing that stuff. Yeah, thank God. And I think really in in another appeal that's for me, as far as Yes, it being a black man is in that space. You have a lot of black men that will be considered tough or thuggish or eccentric or whatever, sitting down Mm -hmm. and talking about their feelings. One hundred percent. It ain't. It ain't. I mean, there's all this other stuff too. But they're literally. It's not just no on some gossip stuff. Mike Tyson is having them actually talk about some real deal stuff. And it's interesting because you don't care that. You put it on The Breakfast Club, and yeah, it's all true. about who didn't have sex with who, who beat up who, who got beef with who. And it's like, this is a time for you, you hear another side of people that you ain't never heard before. And it, and it's, it's interesting. Like, I saw the Dennis Rodman one, and mm-hmm. he was talking about wanting to jump out a plane. And... Like with no parachute, and to see if God would catch him, and just saying how he sometimes he's scared to be alone because he don't want to uh, think, let them thoughts come in his head of all the regrets of all the bad stuff he's done. It was just it was interesting. I mean, you don't you don't hear that now. Obviously, Mike Tyson still has a woman problem because you can tell that in the podcast, and ain't no women coming on that show. And but I and I wish there was more women shows like that. Um, with celebrities and stuff like that, too. Well, people
1: would say, uh, people could probably say that it was Jada... Oh no. I know, but that, that show is awful. Like I just feel like it's because she's, but well, here's she's my thing. Fake, fake no, thing. but here's my thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Like it's in not com- a sign. I feel like it's kinda it kinda is, at least at least just based on what you're telling me. I have never watched or heard either one of them. Exactly. But I'm just saying like both of them are a show where you supposedly talk about your feelings and you come to realizations or whatever. And so with that being said, are you, you with Jada? We're kind of looking at it like, oh well, women are supposed to do that, or oh well, no, that, that's no. kind of gossipy, and we don't want to hear this it. catty, blah blah blah. No, but with Mike Tyson, it's no. like, well, that's a man. He is a deal. His- you
0: said you ain't seen neither one of them. No, Jada, that's I I Jada's red table talk <laughs> is pretty much the PR place where people who done something bad come on there, and she just lets them talk for ten hours to to reshape but
1: their. She career. doesn't ask them questions. She does, but I mean, so it's Mike mainly Tyson no, 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 no. Oh no.
0: It's you you won't have to watch it first of all. But Jada, like she had that white girl there. People go on there when they done done something bad on social media and they can kind of be like, I'm a person too and cry, whatever. This is Mike Tyson. It's not about Mike Tyson interviewing people. He really just be asking folk question. He just, he mainly be talking, like, uh, talking about his own internal stuff. And then other people come on there and they talk about something deep and internal that's going on with them. And it's just like that. It's not a formal, uh, do this and not. What is, what are you doing? And what well, is I don't this think was, doing?
1: I don't, again, I don't really know. But do you know if, uh... Jada's show was was that was hers not really formal at the beginning either and so now it's just yeah re-branded. I mean that, yeah they rebranded mean, yeah, themselves so For sure. with that being said like again I'm gonna go back to my point my point is is that what Mike Tyson what he's doing is he's showing that he as a rapist a convicted rapist and he as an alleged abuser. Uh, is a human, and he has made mistakes. And, and that humanizes him, as opposed to us looking at him like he's some kind of monster, right? Mm-hmm. And so, Jada's kind of doing that in the same way, except that she rebranded. So she was doing that from the beginning. So what's really the difference? The only difference is, is, one is a woman, one's a man, right? No, but Jada
0: isn't rebranding herself. She, If anything, yeah, she's rebranding herself as like a spiritual guru, yeah, everything's love, yada, yada, yada. But, but, Mike Tyson will tell you now he's not a good person. This ain't this ain't about him being like I'm good now. It's just about him being I see that bad person I was and I never want to become that person again. Now we can we can ask again what what role does the the abused have in this? Right. And I think just that's why cancel culture is not real, because every single rapist in the book that's in that's been in the entertainment industry has had a career afterwards. There's no such thing, naming one, every single one of them will go back and will be successful. And the accusers come out, we were just talking about Usher's uh, accuser. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, the uh, woman, uh, I don't remember her name, Yeah. But-
0: they they come out and they get attacked, 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 attacked for the rest of their lives. And the, and the singers get to go and do whatever and the actors and whatever. So, definitely, I think there be, needs to be more grace to that. Now, Mike Tyson still says he did not rape the lady. So, that's that on that. But, as far as... When we deal with stuff like this, I do think before these uh, entertainers are allowed to get a platform again, they need to consult with the abused or somehow get in contact with them. But people don't care. What are we talking about? We're talking about a utopia place where people care about women, people care about <laughs> abusers. Folks don't care, don't about, care sex. about that. No, they don't care about us. <laughs> We really just, we really, now, we talking about, like, in our communities, we're like, we need accountability, if we need yeah. to, you need to de-platform, and we, see, these small places, that's where you're going to get canceled at, because we care about our people, and we care about our community. We're not going to let you continue to abuse and continue to be trash Now, society as a whole, and capitalism, <laughs> if you're making money, they don't care what deranged thing you got going on. Look at, um... Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. What was that one
1: white guy, like, back in the early 2000s, too, who was, like, um, God, what was he, he was running around, like, doing cocaine and all types of stuff. He was a really big celebrity, a white dude with brown hair. I'm sure someone can tell us in the comments, because I totally don't remember his name. But, um, regardless, yeah, so, as long as you got money, who cares? That's what, that's how society really is. Yeah.
0: And and I I don't want to do another I don't want to do another episode on cancer culture because I mean it's played out we know it's not real black folks know cancer culture is not real because these white racist folks keep getting money um, but I just thought that was an interesting topic let me know what you think do you think that abusers uh, should get another chance I mean we, we're going to talk about abolition again one of these days but in the abolitionist framework they would say yes. But with stipulations. But let, let us know. Hit us up in the comments. Make sure you hit us up on our social media channels. Twitter at talk it Out underscore pod. Instagram at TalkItOutPodcast. Hit us up on our individual pages at KT underscore does art for KT. At Gabby's music. G-A-B-B-E-A-T-S music for Gabby. And uh, yeah, we're out.